0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today I'm joined by Twan because after a long break of basically not a lot of news, today there is big Cyclocross news as Timmerlier won the Belgian Championships on the road and there's a lot to say around Timmerlier and Wout van Aert. So Twan, thank you for being here. Hello. I hope you're doing all fine. Did you enjoy the Belgian Championships today? Yeah, I think
1: uh, Belgians usually make it a lot of racing during the national championships, which is just really fun to watch. And uh, I certainly did enjoy
0: it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It was a pretty entertaining race on a very flat course. There was almost no elevation except for a couple of bridges. But already from the start, there was a dangerous group of riders that broke away from the peloton. We had Quintin Hermans in that group as well as Elisabeth. But then they went through the Moere, which is a region infamous for its wind. The Classic of Gent-Wevegem also passes through that region and that's usually where the echelons happen. And that happened in this race as well, despite there not being a lot of wind. And that meant that from the breakaway only Elisabeth was dropped and eventually the peloton split into two pieces. And the first piece of the peloton caught the leaders which resulted in us having 50 liters, but Eliezerbeat was dropped from that. Brief note here on Eliezerbeet. The last bit of news we heard on him was that he had abandoned his mountain biking campaign after a disappointing start due to back injuries. He was back here on the road, which he also said he had some ambitions on, but I think it's fair to conclude based on today that the form wasn't there and that maybe, as we already earlier said, road also isn't necessarily the thing for Easerbeat. Apparently, beat
1: also started in the badawa's Belgium Tour, I must say I didn't uh, pay the greatest attention to this race, although I did watch some of the stages, um, but uh, I mean, the best finish was was ninth in the fourth stage, so not too interesting for sure.
0: I think this is below the level of Eli Isabit, but at the same time, as we already discussed earlier when we were discussing Isabit in um, the end of the cross season, when he said he was going to try different things, road isn't really the thing for him, he doesn't really get good results, and today was just a further confirmation of that, as he was dropped from that breakaway in the wind section, and then straight off dropped by the first peloton as well. So let's hope for Easy Beat that he can still improve his form before the cross-season begins. But the race didn't wait for him, it continued. And from that breakaway, with Hermans still in it, that got caught by the first part of the peloton. And from then, it was just only attack after attack after attack after attack. Just kept on going. Until eventually, there was a group of 10 riders that broke away from that group. Strong riders in that first part were Philipser, Stuyve, and Van Marke. But they eventually got... Well, they got away, they had 50 seconds, and things were looking good, but the first part of the peloton, which was behind them, merged with the second part, and then, all of a sudden, things moved rapidly. Lotus Adal started pacing, and from a gap of 1 minute and 15 seconds, it went down, went down and went down, until they were eventually caught. But just before they got caught, Stive and Famarca attacked, and eventually, Avonpool bridged, but that was not really of name, because they got caught again, and despite everything looking as if it would be a... Bit of a surprise winner, no sprint. It came down to that mass sprint in the end, and Tim Merlier played it perfectly there. There was a lead-out being done by Alpecin for both him and Jasper Philipsen. And eventually, it was Merlier who, in a very close finish, actually, just beat Jordi Meus and his teammate Philipsen, who ended third. What were your thoughts on that explosive sprint by Tim Merlier, Tom? Oh, I was really worried.
1: I was looking at it, and... For a second, I was I was there and I was sitting there and I was like, oh my, Sasha Veema is actually going to be national champion here. And then uh, I see Dupont coming around and it takes so long for the rest to come around. And then eventually Melier gets there and I'm just looking at that. And there's just like six riders on the line next to each other. And from the head on the shoulder, of course, you have no clue who wins it. I thought that Jordi Mills uh, came really quickly and might have just taken it. But then when they finally showed the angle from the side, it was very clear that it was indeed Tim Merlier winning it. And it was really surprising. Uh, You really saw for the first part uh, when they were preparing it that Phillips was on the view of Merlier. So I was a bit worried that uh, he was going to have to do a lead out. And we were going to see a similar scenario to the Tour de France where he completely... Uh, cut the legs off from under uh, Philipson and then they just end up with nothing. But uh, they both sprinted for themselves and, well, it paid off a first and a third place for Alpes fenix Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I think that it was kind of predictable that both would sprint after the interviews in the morning because, well, both were saying, oh, we have a plan, but Merlier was already in an interview yesterday evening telling the press, oh, yeah, you know, The team is going for Philipson, partly because I'm leaving, (laughs) but I am going to be going for my own chance. I won't get support from the team, but they said I could sprint for the win. And by then I was already a bit, well, broken because I don't really know how Merlier would do without any sort of support. Now they eventually still launched him and then it was just, okay, from here on Merlier sprint and Philipson would still have somewhat of an advantage because he's in the wheel but it certainly didn't help that Philipse had a puncture with, I think it was like 15 kilometers to go and then was pacing very hard to rejoin the breakaway whilst he could have waited for the peloton. Bit of a weird situation there, I think that that certainly influenced Philipsen's in sprint because, don't forget, Philips also had a nasty crash earlier in the race, Merlier also went down there, but luckily both escaped unhurt. Philipse then maybe not the freshest in the sprint, but mm-hmm. I do think Merlier was the strongest, and I did think he would have a chance, but I was still somewhat surprised because, yeah, Merlier on his own against uh, supported Philips, uh, that's at least what I was thinking prior to the sprint, yeah, would have been, I think, tough. He eventually takes it, I think it's deserved, and not really a big surprise overall if we look at it, because... If we look at the Elfstede Ronde in Brugge, which was two weeks ago, he ended third there, just behind the two fastest sprinters in the world, Fabio Jakobsen and Caleb Hewen. Of course, the results before that weren't that great in Slovenia, which was still after that he, I think, had issues with the heat. And in the Ronde van Limburg, he was only 10th, not really been going that great after paris for him, but... Overall, I still think that, based on the pre-race favorites, it's not really a surprise he wins. I think it's more of a surprise that most come so close.
1: Yeah, and I think we have seen a strong Jordan Bills um in in Dauphine, where he came very close to beating Van Aert to one of the stages.
0: Uh, that he was in fine shape, actually. Yeah, I think he was in fine form. And if we are going to look at his... Results, it's not a complete surprise. I think in the Vuelta last year he also had a second place in a stage But the Vuelta always makes for weird sprint results and the Belgian press They had the feeling they were doing the same with Moses as they did with Gerben Thijs Who had a couple of good sprints in the 2020 Vuelta, immediately loading the rider with a lot of pressure So I don't know how I should place Moses sprint in the real world tour rankings But that's not necessary, I had a good sprint here and was able to beat Philipsa, but I do want to add it was a headwind sprint and most good sprint like in the draft for almost this entire sprint only needing to come out at the very last bit, so he had a lot of overspeed, so yeah I think that certainly helped and the same goes for Deli who came from behind, these riders really benefited from the draft which was also kind of why it was surprising that Philipsa couldn't pull alongside. Do you think that it was down to his puncture or do you think that Merlier is simply faster than Philipsen and if so do you then think that it's a mistake to take Philipsen to the tour rather than Merlier? I think normally the
1: Merlier is the fastest rider there and Philipsen is the second. Of course uh, he just had a very inconvenient race both of them crashing, Philipsen crashing really annoyingly with the tracks as well and having that puncture and making a poor decision of trying to chase after the break for a while still on the zone instead of dropping back uh, it certainly wouldn't have been ideal Um, I understand the decision of Alpesin to take Philips to the France instead of Merlier. ideally of course you only want to take one of them one of them is leaving to another team has been struggling the entire year uh, for now basically for um, with his injury and still doesn't why it seemed to be there. Of course, it's unfortunate that you don't have the uh, Belgian Championship jersey with you now. But I understand the decision.
0: Well, personally, I have a bit of trouble understanding the decision. Because to me, it looks like he's not selected for the Tour based on the fact that he's leaving the team. And I think that's a pretty childish way to look at it. Because at the end of the day, I do think that if in good form... Both riders in good form, Merlier is better than He in my opinion faster, not necessarily more consistent or a better climber, but faster for the pure sprints. And Rothoff, today after the win of Merlier, well, he either was super pissed or had just drank 10 lemons before giving an interview, because he was asked by the Belgian TV if he was having mixed feelings about the win of Merlier. It took him 10 seconds to come up with the answer. It's a difficult question for me to answer, which immediately spoke to the rest of the world and for the words he chose that he was actually having mixed feelings or maybe even being upset about it. He spoiled the fact that Merlier was leaving the team and going to Quickstep, as was earlier rumored already by media outlets such as Adlasa News and Wielerflitsch. And then he proceeded to talk about how it was okay that they still had three or four months of publicity from Melier being Belgian champion, but overall it was a shame that they wouldn't profit from a full season in the Belgian Tricolore. This, in addition with earlier reports of Melir saying that he felt that he was kind of caught in the team for the rest of the season, made me feel that the fact that Alpecin doesn't take him is based on the fact that he's leaving. Like, if they would come up with the results of Melir, which, in all fairness, after a paris Bear where he got injured, haven't been great. He was struggling in Slovenia, didn't really do well in the Ronde van Limburg, and you can see it in the rest of the results as well. It wasn't just really great. If that would be the reason, fair enough. But the whole attitude isn't, Philipsen is our better sprinter. The whole attitude is, Philipsen is our sprinter next year, so we're going to take him. Whilst I think that Melir has shown now that the form is good enough to be in contention for wins in the Tour de France. I think the chances that he wins a stage are a bit better than Philipson's. So I would take Merlier then, because in the tour, what do you get? If you win a stage with Merlier, what's on all the pictures? It's Alpes in Phoenix. What's on all of the news sites? Tim Merlier from Alpes in Phoenix wins. The publicity doesn't go to Quick Step, so in that way I don't really see the reason to not select somebody because they are leaving the team. It seems more like a thing of back in the days, in the 80s, like what happened. Okay, you're leaving the team. Well, you're just not racing anymore this season. We're just going to screw you over. And that's kind of how this feels as well, rather than parting ways in a mature way. And this isn't only the case at Alpes and Phoenix, because DSM is doing the exact same thing, where Sørenka Anderson is not being selected for the Tour, despite being one of their three best riders, because he's leaving the team. Two and phoenix, by the way.
1: No, I think for the day, you just you really prefer like if all the publicity stays with you for the whole year, so you prefer Philips and Vince. Uh, but I think the moment you see that Philips comes first, so you would have lost the jersey to Mills anyway. Um, I, I think you just you're just happy with the result and you're happy with the publicity that you're gonna get and that you're going to get to show the uh, jersey probably in the world I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I do see what you're saying also because it helps build a reputation for Philips, uh, becoming Belgian champion, potentially winning stages at the Tour. It does help build a reputation for next year, which will gain more publicity, so I can definitely see the pros on that side. Mm. However, in order for that to work, you would need to win stages in the Tour, and with a uh, very strong Fabio Jacobs uh, Fresh Caleb Ewen, also fit hopefully, fit Dylan Groenewegen. I think the level in the sport will be much higher in the sprint field compared to last year when Philipsen was already struggling against Cavendish and got dusted by Jacobsen in the Vuelta. So Philipsen, uh, yes, he made a step. step, in my opinion, was not big enough, but it's not out of the world that he is able to compete or actually win a stage. So it will be interesting and, well, at the end of the day, I can already tell you what will happen. If Philipsa is able to win stages, we won't talk about it. The news won't talk about it. It will be a golden decision to leave Merlier home. If it's the other way around, no wins for Philipsa, then there will be critical headlines about how they should have taken Merlier to the tour. And at the end of the day, despite that I don't really agree with the fact that they take Merlier, or they leave Merlier at home and take Philips, uh, I do think it's wise that they choose one, because I don't know how you think about that one, but in my opinion last year with both was just a big mess Yeah, I think last year it was an
1: absolute nightmare Uh, Merlier was clearly the best sprinter I think in the whole Tour de France Uh, but instead of taking five stage wins, like I think he definitely could have, uh, it was Philips collecting like four second places after Merlier took his one stage win
0: yeah, Merlier of course was also forced to withdraw from the tour after he was I think sick. I think he DNF'd on the first mount or the second mountain stage, stage nine. Was a shame to see. But that's also why I don't really can I can't really follow the reason for Philips, at least that's an argument that a lot of people are giving. Philips uh, is better because Melier can't climb. I don't think Melir has a climbing issue. I think he might have an issue with recovering, and that led to him withdrawing from the Giro and Tour last year. But on the other hand, he tried both, which wasn't easy. He was sick in the Tour. He was, I think, also sick in the Giro. And of course, sickness is easy to get in the Tour, especially if you are not recovering properly. So I think that's more of a reason. But... Yeah, I just think, overall, Merlier would have been a better pick, especially since the fact that there are a couple of pure, flat sprint stages, and I think on those type of races, Merlier is better. On a slightly hillier, course, maybe Philips is better, but for those stages, they also have Vanderpool. so, yeah, tough decision, but next year, no decision like this to be made, because then Merlier is at Quickstep. But I say that, but don't you think that Merlier at Quickstep next year will be almost in the exact same position as he is this year in Alpesin? Because he has Fabio Jakobsen there.
1: Yeah, I think it's an even tougher position because Step aren't the type to take two sprinters to Grand Tour. So that's just not going to happen. So it's going to be a real battle between him and Jakobsen. Uh, I do think uh, that when they are at their best, you and Jakobsen and Merlier are, are in a sprinting class of their own. So having two on the same team is uh, is going to be interesting for sure. Uh, Merlier will get his opportunities, I'm sure. But uh,
0: yeah, it will be very tough once again for him. So can you then understand this move to Quickstep? Because, I mean, it was spoiled today. So now we can talk about it without any speculation. It's set in stone. Melir moving to Quickstep Sudals that will be called next year. But... What do you think then? What's behind this move? Is it money? Is it the potential cross-project with Tormans, which is potentially being blown off? What, what's behind this reasoning? Because for Quickstep, I can somewhat see it makes sense, but from my Maliu's perspective, if he really wants shots at winning tour stages, he's already turning 30 this year, it will be difficult. Yeah, I think
1: for Merlier, the money plays a big part in it. Um, I hope for him that Torments uh, continue their cross project with Quickstep because then I think for Quickstep it makes a lot of sense uh, to get Merlier. But yeah. Being there with Jakobsen, it isn't ideal for sure. Uh, tour stage victories, whichever one of them goes is going to collect like at least three as long as he stays fit to win enough of them or to get enough opportunities in the Tour France. Yeah, it's just not ideal at all and he might just be doomed to ride the uh, Giro and Vuelta again.
0: Yeah, potentially the case. I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. I can see it make a lot of sense for Quickstep, as said. It's a Belgian team. They will get now the Belgian champion, but arguably the best Belgian sprinter. For Alpesin, it makes sense to choose between Philips and Merlier, And then it makes sense to choose for Philips. Philips is, I think, six or seven years younger than Merlier, So that will certainly help in the future. So I think it makes sense for both parties to part ways. But if Merlier really wanted opportunities, he should have potentially gone to another team. But then again, if Merlier wants to do cross, then... Quickstep is a team that's always friendly to their riders doing cross Even without the Tormans project, they were supporting Stibar in going to the Worlds in Ostend in 2020. So I think it does make sense, but next year will really tell if he made the right decision or if he's stuck on the same ship and will be forced to do the smaller Belgian races for Quickstep and then potentially the Giro or some other smaller one-week World Tour races, which are arguably isn't what Melir wants in the future. If we look at the rest of the results of the Belgian championships, we saw that there was a strong race by Dan Souten, who ended 10th. Die Bonneis, who has been in decent form the last couple of weeks, ended 17th. Nice in these weeks that we didn't really cover anything. Also claimed the third place in the Antwerp Port Epic did pretty well in the Fleche du Sud where he won the GC and then was hyped quite a lot for some other races where he got some top 20 results, not great in the Balazs Belgium tour but still been doing alright the last couple of weeks, the under 23 European champion. Also 18th place for Lander Lokes today, good results actually by the two riders of Deschamps Hens-Maas that participated. Well, there was one rider we can't ignore despite that he wasn't there, that was of course the big Wout van Aert. What has Art, Art been up to the last couple of weeks, Ton?
1: Art actually was very good in Dauphiné, where he was expected to claim a bunch of stage victories. Unfortunately, he wasn't quite able to get as many as he probably should have. But all in all, uh, two stage victories, losing one... Uh, On the line to David Gaudu very awkwardly celebrating prematurely like we have seen other riders do in the past. And uh, in the TT he came second to Filippo Ganna which absolutely has no shame as of course Ganna is absolutely world class. Um, But yeah very good performance by Bautonard unfortunately having some problems with the knee and as a precaution not going to the Belgian championship.
0: Yeah, there has been some speculation about that knee injury being a fake one, because in Belgium you have to start the national championships unless you're injured. I'm not going to join the speculation. Of course, I can see the reasons why they say, oh, he doesn't want to go to the Belgian championships because there's a big risk of getting COVID, because big risk of crashes, etc. Well, I'm not going to join any speculation. He didn't ride. Fair enough, whatever reason there's behind it. I think it's a wise decision to skip, regardless if it's a real injury or not, because, yeah, it was a hectic race, there were quite some crashes, and now we can focus on the Tour, which starts on Friday. Do you think he has a shot of taking Yellow in the prologue, or do you think it will be difficult to beat Ghana? I think Ghana is the favorite,
1: and then you have uh, quite a few people that could challenge him. Um, and the art is definitely one of them. Then in the sprint stages after, like he might get some of the bonification seconds, get a little bit closer. And then I think it really depends on what he is allowed to do in a couple stages. Is he allowed to go for the stage victory? Then he has a really realistic shot at getting the yellow there and then. And otherwise it will be quite tough because after Plunge the Bell v, I assume... It will either be in uh in a breakaway's hands like last time we came there with Chicone, or it will be with one of the GCIs,
0: probably Tadej I'm very excited to see him racing the tour. As you said, the first week, there are multiple chances of him taking yellow. There are also chances that his main rival, Macho van der Poel, goes away with those chances and takes yellow. But there are so many stages that are just perfect for him. And if he gets the freedom, which I think he does based on the Jumbo lineup, they are bringing Van Hooydonk and Laporte, which I think will be his two main helpers. I think he has a very, very good shot at the green jersey, also at the yellow jersey in the first week, and a couple of stage wins. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a stage or three in the Tour. I do think it's very possible. Like we saw it last year when he started with a bit of an average form after surgery. But then still, like turned around the tour completely, winning the stage over the Van too, then winning the time trial and on the Champs Elysees, like super good stuff for him. So yeah, I think uh, it's it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to the rivalry between Van Aert and Van der pool at the Tour de France. Or do you think maybe any other names that are going to throw themselves in the mix for the stages they are contending? Yeah, I wanted
1: to uh, like throw two names in there. I think for the yellow jersey as well. Uh, after the equal stage, I think uh, Mats Peterson will be. He has shown this year that he is very good. I think he'll be in excellent shape at the start in Copenhagen. Uh, he has shown in the past that he can do a really good prologue, and I think he's also a candidate for like good finishes in the sprints, and then the cobble stage maybe there's a little bit more and then you have Stefan Kung as well uh who was racing really well in Tour de Suisse. of course is very good on TT bike and also very good on the cobbles uh they will certainly be uh, trying for that yellow jersey as well and I think um as you said Van Aert for the green jersey I think um he has, if he actually goes for the mass sprints, which I think indeed he is going to, which I, I like, I fully believe it, uh, then I think he is like as untouchable as Peak Sagan was for that green jersey.
0: Let's look at some other results this weekend then in the Belgian Championships for women. It was Planetur Pura who took the national title with Kim de Brat. Pretty surprising title there. But I would like to mention the great performance there of Sonna Kant. Sonakant Kant has been on pretty good form the last couple of weeks, getting some pretty good results. And it showed today when she was able to, well, basically win the peloton sprint, if you can call it that, behind the leaders. But yeah, she's been doing pretty good in the Lotto Thülingen Ladies Tour, which is a pro series event. She ended sixth in the GC, only missed the top ten in one stage, and the tenth in the de Westhoek. Also, Marthe Traude has been getting some good results in some smaller races, so it's exciting to see. I know that Kant and Traude are both on the long list of tour Pura for the Tour de France Femmes. Do you think that Sonde Kant will be selected for that race? Uh, as long as they want to go with the best team, she certainly has to be selected. Yeah, I think so as well, because she has really been on fire this season, and I didn't really expect it, but... Together with Castellain and Julie de Wilde, they've really been the frontrunners of the team. So yeah, I'm excited to see what she can do. I don't think that there will be any mega great results for her in the tour. But who knows, she can surprise me once again as she's been doing multiple times this season. A rider that apparently can count on a selection for the Tour de France Femmes is Shirin van Anrooy. That should be no surprise based on her season and she once again confirmed that at the Dutch Nationals. She ended second there in a sprint deux for the win with Rianne Marcus. It was super close. I think it was about half a wheel eventually which Marcus still had to spare to claim the national title. But were you surprised that van Anrooy was up there in contention for the title against the Elites there on the Van Berg or... Did you kind of expect it after her time trial already where she ended second behind Ellen van Dijk? I think
1: uh Van Androy is just a very good rider uh on the road as well. And she should like always be around those rides mate, like and challenge for victories, challenge for good positions, and uh, on Van Berg it is uh, no different at all.
0: Yeah, I think that the course also played in her favorite was pretty explosive. Don't forget, she became European cross champion there. And, well, that was basically a road crit on cross. So, certainly, uh, that uh, effect really played over. So, she was doing pretty well. And then, well, eventually, she kind of got steamrolled by Marcus, who played the tactical game, not working in the last three kilometers, with Van Anrooy doing all the work. And then, eventually... The last ascent of the Vanberg, she actually almost needed to drop. She managed to stick on the wheel. I don't really understand why, then she still took a turn in the downhill. But maybe she either hoped to open a gap in the corner, or maybe Marcus just braked all of a sudden. I couldn't really distinguish between those two things from the TV. But second place, certainly very good. She's only 20 years old, will be enjoying Shirin van Androy. On the road and hopefully in cross as well for many years to come one
1: thing before we go uh we mentioned his name earlier Thibaut nice as well has some transfer news he is going to Trek sega fredo he has signed a contract for two seasons uh he'll have a similar deal to lucinda brand and
0: shiren van anroy uh, which is very nice to see yeah and about nice he's also apparently skipping the world on the road because He is riding as a trainee with Trek. I am not sure if he races Tour de la but he is saying he wants to do one more season of full cross winter to see where his potential is, because he says he doesn't have the feeling that he had the opportunity to see that the past two seasons due to his first season being tough, his second season being hampered by a collarbone fracture and the nasty crash at the Belgian Championships. So he says he wants to do one winter of full cross see where he comes and if it's not as great as he hoped then he says he's never going to disrespect the cross he always wants to keep crossing but if he sees that after this cross season he's better suited to road racing he will commit more to road racing in a similar way as we see van der Poel do now as we see Van Aert do now etc.
1: I would be very surprised um, if he came to the conclusion that uh, cross wasn't something that he could do at a very high level because From what I've seen over the past few seasons is that his uh, technique is like only matched by much of Van der Poel. It's absolutely amazing and yeah, he should have no struggles getting to the highest level if indeed he has a
0: big engine. I would also be surprised. I think he does have the potential in cross, and We saw it at the Worlds where he ended third on a pretty rapid course, which was mainly decided on form and well... No shame in losing to Verstringen and Visure, So, I do think that the potential is there. I'm interested to see what will bring for him this cross season. But yeah, we will wait and see. Hopefully, no bad injuries this cross season, and then uh, we can see what he can do this cross season. Not that far away. It's two months until cross starts, so it's coming pretty close, or well, two and a half months to be fair, but I'm getting almost excited already. But first, we will enjoy some more racing in the Tour de France. Twan, thank you for being here and discussing the national championships.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Any tips still for the Tour de France? Fout van Aert, yes or no, yellow jersey in the first week? Uh, I'm going to go with no. I will also go nah, I will go with yes then, I will go with yes. But here in Van der Poel, it will be a nice battle. So once again, thank you for being here, Twan. And we will be back during the Tour de France with some podcasts Don't know how many though, as it's also holiday time and we will be enjoying some time off in the sun. So thank you all for tuning in, but first week of Tour de France, definitely a podcast coming then. See you guys then. Goodbye.